Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Successful people maintain a positive focus in life, no matter what is going on around them. They stay focused on their past successes rather than past failures and on the next action step they need to take them closer to the fulfillment of their goals rather than all the other distractions that life presents to them. And this is a quote by Jack Canfield. I'm sure many of you have heard and been inspired by him. So today I'm going to be talking with Dirk Witt. He has been one of my most important partners in my business, and I will share who he is and why in just a moment. I got my shameless plug here, which is that I'd love to connect with you on lucydumascoaching.com if you want a one-on-one conversation, if you'd like to download my ebook, 10 Big Ideas for Marketing, Wedding, and Portrait Photography in the Real World, you will find a link there. And I would also love for you to join my Facebook group, Insight Training for Photographers, and like my page so you can uh, get support and any announcements, etc., etc. <laughs> so, Dirk, hello and welcome. Hi, Lucy. How are you? Good. So, Dirk DeWitt is the National Sales Manager with Mid-South Color Lab. Like most aspiring photographers, he started as a hobby, turned it into a part-time job, which became a full-time studio, and then he said, yada, yada, yada. (laughs) (laughs) So he has worked for Mid-South since 2008, having been their customer since 1992. Because he knew of their quality and their customer service, he decided to take his career to a different path in supporting other photographers. He likes woodworking, beer making, game nights with friends, and other hobbies. He likes to hit the road with no particular destination. And these are things I didn't know about him till now, so that's fun. And he has arguably the most amazing red-headed grandson you've ever seen, and a big dog and three cats. And he's very grateful in his life. So, hi, Dirk. Hi, hi, Lucy. You've said that right, except the the grandson's not arguably the 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 cutest, but uh, you know, <laughs> he's he's my pride and joy right now. The fact, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> not arguably, but he is. All right, he has a fact. Yeah. Okay. So Dirk has not been on podcast before, and the reason I invited him is because I think that having a photo lab that is your partner is one of the best ways and the most sure ways to be successful and grow your business. It's an essential tool for me to have a relationship with my lab where they know me, I know them, they trust me, and we work together to serve my clients well. That's a good point, Lucy. You know, we got a custom product, and it's it's not quite as simple as just ordering a quick print online. There's there's things we have to work with our clients to develop 
to to their style and to their specifications. So it it just takes some takes some back and forth and and developing workflows that that work for both. Right. So tell me, you know, we're not going to make this a big commercial for Mid South, but of course, you have to know that I am totally in love with Mid South Color Lab and the service <laughs> that I get. And something I didn't know was the background of Mid South. So can you tell us? how they started and kind of what sets them apart? Sure, sure. We we started as a regional color lab back in the film days. And, and really, we're, we're talking about, you know, plate photography. We probably didn't have much even roll photography going at that time. But that was the norm. They, the color lab started popping up everywhere in the, in the 50s and, and things like that. And they're, they're more, more of a, again, a regional thing. You you brought your film in to uh, <clears throat> to get produced into negatives and ultimately prints. So we started in 1957, a little downtown upstairs storefront, and you know slowly have expanded, and obviously kept up with technological changes as they came. And now we're we're still uh, actually a, a fairly small lab. We've got we've got 25 employees, which is uh, you know on the on the smaller side, and we, we like it that way. We're we're more of a lower volume, high, higher quality type of lab. And you told me that South has had the same owner for 35 years. Yeah, Brooks Clayton bought, bought, the, uh, bought the lab uh, about 35 years ago or so and has run it and he's kept a, he've kept a vision of the custom color lab that were everywhere back in the day and have slowly died off. And a lot of labs have jumped on every product that's possible to make and some of those we just we just bypassed we didn't see that as a profit center for us and more importantly for our customers there's you know example is you know press printed products they they got really big for a little while now nobody's really doing them there's takes a lot of design they're fairly expensive and time you mark them up clients weren't just weren't going for it as much. Uh, it's still around. It still has its uses, but that's something we we avoided entirely. So we we focused on making custom prints for our clients. That's kind of our our mission. So it sounds like you guys and gals understood the value of specializing, and that less is more sometimes. That not being all things to all people is a smart way to run a lab. Do you think that also is a smart thing for a photographer? Well, you know, there's, and you, you know this, Lucy, there's a couple of ways, in, in my opinion, that people can make a profit from photography. And we're not talking about an, an income or, or, or just some revenue. We're talking about a nice, comfortable living. And one of them is volume. There's a lot of successful volume people out there. And the other one is being a, you know, a higher end custom type studio where you focus on selling wall portraits as wall portraits are the most profitable product really that you can, you can sell and that you can get from a lab. We mentioned press printed stuff before the, you know, the little trinkets and coffee cups and ornaments and stuff like that. They're just not high profit items but selling a large wall portrait with a standard markup is going to make you more money and put more money in your pocket. I like that idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to, you know, not only, not only survive, but thrive. Right. 
so it sounds like I was going to ask this question, but it sounds like I'd be leading the witness. <laughs> so <laughs> just ask it as a question, but I think I know the answer. Do you think it's smarter to work with one or maybe two labs that provide everything for you or to search out the, as many labs as you can with the best prices and work with quite a few? So what's your thought? Yeah, I obviously probably know me don't don't agree with that. You have a lot of workflows going that way. You have a lot of balls in the air. And really, our most successful, and again, we're talking about people that put their money, put profit in their pocket, really just focus on large wall portraits. And, you know, they might sell occasional five by seven or eight by ten as gift portraits. But that's really uh, all they do. A lot of, a lot of our clients um, have their wall portraits framed and present them in a way that this is a this is an art piece designed specifically to hang in your home. I love it. So yeah, and you take again, you take the standard markup of I think it's five times. Is that you're probably more in tune to that as what PPA recommends? I don't support a standard markup. Well, and and a lot of our clients don't either, but that's what they that's what they tell us, you know. But whether you're marking something up five five times or 10 times or 50 times. And we have clients that do that. The larger you sell, the more money you're going to make. Right. And a product like a wall portrait has a higher perceived value. Yes. Yes. And I think so when digital came along and there's a lot of cool stuff you could do, you know, you could make collages and, and little products and there's, you know, all kinds of filters and things like that you could use. I think a lot of photographers took their eye off the ball and stopped I don't know if they stopped, but they didn't push large wall portraits. And the fact remains, people still have walls, and they still need to put something nice on there. And if they're going to put, you know, on something that's done very artistically on the wall, it might as well be of their own family. Right. And so I've seen a really strong comeback in that area, where where we're doing more large wall portraits than we ever have, and it's kind of our core business right now and people are 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 benefiting from from it photographers really really need to focus on that that's that's where the money is right so dirk i want to tell you a little about my history with labs Uh maybe my listeners might find some value in this so when i first started there was a lab that will remain nameless that was near me and their professional lab and they were doing a fairly good job, but it seemed like they always argued with me if I didn't like the color or the cropping or something to the point where sometimes I would leave in tears. You know, I was new, I was sensitive, yeah. and, and I thought my work was good. And then something happened and I said, that's it. I'm going to drive clear across town, which is so funny now because, you know, you and other labs I've used now are are in the Midwest, in the South, and all over the country. But I went to another good lab in town, Photic. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but they were a high-quality local lab. And when they printed my work, suddenly I felt like I was a better photographer because they were doing it better and more to my taste. And I worked with them to to learn 
what I liked because what a lot of people don't know that you and I know is that a digital capture or a negative has infinite possibilities of color balancing and toning and so many things that make a difference and that everybody has a different style that they like. I like things rich and saturated. And so early in my career, my lab, because they were like Mid-South and other, what I would call the more custom labs, they helped me understand and grow and learn more about color and composition and how things can be printed. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point. There there are different ways to to color balance images and and get them to your liking. And and a lot of t- times people, you know, they might start out with a self serve service. We'll say even though a lot of these you know other labs around the country, they're they're happy to help you as well and and talk to someone and and kind of you know tweak things and all that but a a lot of photographers don't really consider that an option they send their image in they get it back they're like "Mm, okay i i need to improve where that same image could be adjusted and and be a perfectly great image as far as color and exposure and contrast and all that but if they don't let a, a printmaker work with that image they're going to get back exactly what they send right the other thing i didn't realize is that every lab tends to lean a certain way certain toning the one that that will remain nameless they tended to print things a little light and a little warm Mm -hmm. they had a lot of clients from mexico because we're right on the border in san diego and there is a cultural preference for that toning. So their, their, their colors were to serve the audience that was their main customer base. Yes. Uh-huh. I found that in the upper Midwest, because I've tried dozens of labs, they tend to go a little light and beige. And my guess is because... There's wheat fields and it's overcast in this summer or something. Yeah. But yeah. here in California, colors are rich and bright and saturated. And that may sound crazy to some people. You know, maybe I am crazy. But continuing on the journey. So I developed this relationship with Photic that was, I was part of a family. And people knew my voice when I picked up the phone. I would go in and and spend time with the lab manager. I had my own color correction person because I'm, Dirk will attest, I'm one of the most particular about my color. Yep, a little bit picky, yeah. But that's why I need labs that uh, don't make me feel like I should not be this way. Um, So thank you for that. So Photic was closed and I cried buckets of tears every time I would pick up the phone and talk to Sally, we would say, okay, we're just going to talk about the things in the lab and where they're going while we're completing your orders. We're not going to cry today (laughs) because we've been so close. It really was one of the hardest things in my career is to have my lab close. And then I went on a search. So I have tried dozens and I settled on Burrell color lab because they were giving the same excellent quality and service. I was not happy about the fact that I needed to ship 
my work and have it come back and live in a cardboard city. <laughs> when yeah. I these large, that's the one thing about selling wall portraits is there's a lot of cardboard in your life. <laughs> well, cardboard and packing and lots yeah. of material involved. And then Burrell closed maybe five years ago, six. And I, I went on the search again. And when I found Mid-South, I knew that I was in good hands and that I could be part of a family again. So the moral of that story is test your labs, try different ones, see what's a fit for you. They're all different. I like to be able to answer the phone and know who's answering and say hello. And I like that I can call and talk to the lab manager or the, the person doing my color balancing. Other labs are great as well. Everybody has a different style and flavor, but I really encourage people to become a part of the family of a lab because when they know you, they'll call you if you do something stupid <laughs> to say, did you, <laughs> did you really, I think you called me once and said, did you really mean for that little girl to have three arms? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've run into things like that. We will call. That that was an easy call, and we could I could joke around with you, and you know we we were you know we were fine. But uh, one of the difficult calls to make is to a photographer that is just not sending in good images. They're underexposed, or their color balance is way off, or in the wrong color space, or something like that. So that that's a little bit more difficult as a lab person to call a photographer, and and you know, but usually they're receptive to that and they appreciate it, and we will you know help all we can to to help them out, let them know where their, you know, deficiencies are, if they're over or underexposed or they're, you know, got color balance set right, wrong or something like that and get them back on, on, you know, on track so we can make their images look good. So a great lab will actually be a teacher. It sounds like. Yeah. And we're partners, you know, we like to be partners with them. Yes. We, we, you know, we want to help each other and help them, you know, you know lift their, photography up to the, the best it can be and it it's very smart because when the photographer is successful then they can send in more work absolutely that's right and <laughs> and, and hopefully they'll you know they'll you know charge a little bit more because their stuff looks better and they can sell a little bit larger because you know that same reason their stuff looking looking good right and uh we've seen lots of photographers grow by leaps and bounds and it's fun to, to do that because you can watch people grow. It's it's very very interesting. Now a lot of a lot of our clientele will come in and just be spot on right off the bat. So it, it doesn't happen a lot, but that that does happen, and it is, is very nice. Yeah, I bet. So, what is the difference between printing myself at home with a high quality printer and using a professional lab? Well. You know, uh, high quality inkjet printer with you know the right kind of inks, the pigmented based inks, and not the dye based inks like you know like an Epson or Canon or something like that. They produce spectacular images. You can you can print you know very nice, but there's you know there's drawbacks on when we print on inkjet and we do we do a lot of that on we call it clay canvas or fine art canvas, and they come out beautiful. There's a bigger color range and uh and all that so you can get great prints from that but there's a home photographer or a, or a studio that's printing their own on inkjet 
are not likely to invest in the other equipment they need to really finish that printout. You know, mounting equipment, can they, you know, they can, can they mount that to masonite? Can they put it on a stretcher frame? And most importantly is spray. The inkjet prints really need to be sprayed. There's an inherent problem with that, that, you know, it could very easily have that ink flecked off and spraying it kind of keeps everything together. But the photographic print process has been around for a long time. It's done basically microscopically in the paper, the photographic paper. There's layers of, of I guess it's red, green, blue, that on a microscopic level, you're exposing that film. So you get a little bit, a little bit more continuity. They have a little bit more pop on them, and they're they're generally protected well. You can get a you could get a fingerprint on it and wipe it off, even if it's not sprayed. So there's studio that prints their own. They're, might, they're not likely to get you know the the perfect mounting. And if they do mount it and there's a bump under there, they have to reprint. There's no there's no really protective coating they want to do. Laminate is not really an option. It kind of dulls the print a little bit. The blacks get a little bit muddy. Uh, so they're sending out maybe unprotected prints, and, and that's that can be a problem in, in the long run. Yes. So it might be fine initially, but over time the print might degrade. And yes, and also you know also the the another issue that I have seen, and I'm and there's a lot of professional, really great talented photographers out there printing their own and they're doing fine with it. But what I more typically see is that they're only having one set of eyes on that. Is their monitor calibrated correctly? Are they using the right paper profile? And are they tweaking that to make everything look as best as it can? And and usually not. So you're you're sitting there, you got a big printer, you're printing out a thirty by forty, you're gonna sell to someone as a wall portrait. You've got a little bit of money invested in that, and it comes out and its color is a little bit off, or the contrast is a little weak, or something like that. I've seen a lot of people accept something from their own printer that they would never accept from a lab. Mm. They would call the lab, say, "This this looks like this this is not looking good. This is too light, too whatever," right. and they'll accept that because they have to eat the cost of redoing that. Right. So it's a quality control issue where quality control and they only have one set of eyes on it so they're you know when you send something off the lab not only your eyes have been on it but our person that inputs the you know just color and send it to the printer her eyes are on it they're the printer itself the people that run the 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 photographic printer or the internet printer they're looking at it we got quality control looking at it are people that finish and mount they're taking a look at it so we've got lots of sets of eyes on it and it's going to be you know more consistent probably right so how do you think a lab like let's say costco and a professional lab differ like why wouldn't i just take my work to costco for the smaller things well the problem with that if you're well if you're only selling small things you know, and you want you're very concerned about costs, and you're you haven't really done the the marketing to get into a higher end clientele. You know that that could be an option for for some people. But let's say someone does sell wall portraits, and they send us the the 24 by 30, and they get the other stuff printed at Costco. They're not likely to match. 
Right. And when you deliver it, you got one print looking great. When the other one will subpar, that's that's going to be an issue for your client. Right. And going back, I had a thought about the printing at home. Is to me, time is money. Yep. And because I'm so particular about color, I'm sure you could understand this, Dirk, that I'd probably spend all day on a wallet. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, and you, Lucy, you, you, you would. But the, <laughs> but the thing about uh, a, a printer at home, and there's, the, I think the, the big factor is a little piece of software called RIP. That's Rasterized Imaging Process. And what that does, it allows, and, and we use it for, well, for the photographic printer and for our inkjet printers. A, it organizes your prints to print in an efficient way for efficient use of your paper. So that's that's the plus right off the bat. But B, it actually controls the print head in a more sophisticated way than you would printing directly out of Photoshop. So we can get more we can get more out of our printer through the RIP software than we can printing out of photo photoshop yeah. and this is a this is a very expensive piece of software it's you know, right. five grand or something like that oh okay yeah so most at-home printers aren't going to be investing in that so okay another thing i wanted you to explain is the difference in types of canvassing a lot okay. of newer photographers don't know about stripped canvas and also may not know if there's a difference between canvassing they might get at Walmart or at a professional lab of the inkjet type. So can you share sure. a little about the difference between the two and then maybe what makes a ProLab's inkjet superior? I, I think it's superior. It, it, is. It, uh, it is superior uh, for professional lab. Let's, you know, let's start with the canvas itself. You know, you know, you go looking at, desktop darkroom or wherever you're going to buy your canvas there's lots of different grades and one of the things about inkjet canvases or really any media is is brightness there's on cheaper canvases they use a product called optical brighteners and it makes your prints you know the whites are white the colors pop everything is really nice but the problem with optical brighteners they're not really archival and they will fade over time. Your print will just dull over time. The whites won't look as white. The colors won't be as vibrant. We print with the canvas we use is you know top shelf stuff. No optical brighteners in that. So what you get now is going to look the same as it, as it will ten years from now. So that is a that's a big deal. But one one thing about if you're printing a canvas on an inkjet, you are limited to your texture is limited. You you can't have too much of aggressive texture. It has to be kind of fine and refined. The ink has to penetrate to the into the grooves of the canvas and and not get blocked from you know a higher textured canvas. And and most people who are using professional labs, galley wraps, and and most any other canvas that they're they're selling is done on inkjet. It's it's just. Um, a little bit simpler process and you know they look fine but the the canvas texture itself is very it's it's refined and it's it's very slight there's not a lot of deep canvas texture on there so let's compare that to a photographic stripped can we call it strip canvas people call it 
embedded sure. canvas. Yes, go ahead. So I'm a little confused. So just want to clarify that the like local labs that are Costco or Walmart or any other, or maybe something that you can order online for super cheap with canvassing, that canvas is different than the canvas you use because of the brighteners? Yeah, is the, that, the optical the brighteners. Optical yeah. brighteners. So the bottom line, besides that if you put them side by side, something someone said is the less expensive con consumer grade is kind of like coasters something they don't they don't have that richer heavier texture and feel so am i on track yeah with, with that so yeah. quality is better and optical brighteners uh no bueno because the colors kind of fade over time so it might be fun for something from your vacation that you don't care that much about but for creating lifetime portraits for people that you're selling for for a nice chunk of change you're serving your clients better with the archival so yeah. is that okay yeah. oh, now i'd love you to describe the difference between the the beautiful inkjet canvases that you and other labs create and the true photographic prints that are heat sealed onto real artist canvas so if you can share about that that would be great okay so inkjet canvases are you know printed directly to the canvas and like like we had talked about the texture is is very refined and there are some advantages to it it's actually got a larger color space and you have a little bit smoother transition between highlight and shadow but having a larger color space means there's more to go wrong with it as well and if you're sending it off to you know, a Costco's or something like that. They're not likely to be color correcting it. You're, you, you have more things to go wrong with you clay color-wise than you do photographic canvas. So what I'd really like to know now is the difference between the inkjet that you've already described well and a product that many people may not know about that has been around forever since it, I've it been has, in yeah, it has been forever. It's an old school technique and people have been using it for, I don't know how long really, you know, 40 or 50 years, something like that. But, um, and, and this is a photographic strip canvas or peeled emulsion. There's different ways to do it, but basically it's all the same. We print it on regular photographic paper, just the paper you got back when film days and you sent off took it to Walgreens, got a pack of film back, and that's all regular photographic paper. But there's a coating on the back of photographic papers. And if you check a picture out, you'll see it's very, very slick. But what we do with a photographic strip canvas is we peel that layer off. We're actually peeling a print into it. We're stripping off that, that back layer. And what that does, we get rid of that impervious coating and expose... Uh, a little bit of the paper, and I, it looks like real paper, like any other kind of paper, but but kind of mm -hmm. like roughed up, kind of because you already peeled off part of that. So you have a little bit of paper and the emulsion layer, and we take that after we peel it all off, we spray uh, adhesive on the back of it, mount it to real artist canvas. So this is artist canvas that people like would paint on, 
comes in bolts, mm-hmm. you know. It, we we mount it onto that, and then we put it in a um, in a press. That's a it's a heat vacuum process. So it sucks all the air out, and it sucks that emulsion into the canvas. It embeds it in into there, and and the heat activates the glue. So between the the vacuum and the heat, it it just bonds that emulsion layer into the canvas. And you have a texture that is much more natural. It's deeper. It's uh, it's you know, it's just a gorgeous texture. It's it's mm-hmm. something that looks really good with wall portraits. I have a you know, it's a personal antidote. I have a a photograph of my kids I took when they were I don't know five or six, eight somewhere in there, and they're they're grown people now, and I'm a grandfather, so that's how old it is. And it mm-hmm. still looks great. It's hanging in my home. People that have never seen it will come in there and look at that and say is this a painting there's Mm -hmm. no painting artwork at all it's just that canvas is so pretty and natural that it just takes your look to a higher level and as a photographer to compete with other photographers in your area a lot of them are selling galley wraps that's kind of the go-to thing and they don't have to worry about the frame and you know they're just ready to ready to go and hang but they're everywhere and and like you mentioned you get them at costco's and you you can get them everywhere. And most of your com- competition around you is going to be selling galley wraps. The strip canvas is not meant to be galley wrapped. It can be. It's not as clean as a, you know, a inkjet canvas because it doesn't, it's thicker. It doesn't make nice corners. But it's really meant to be sold with a frame as a completed art piece for your home. And if you offer that, you're going you're gonna to certainly look higher quality and and different than the competition around you. I find, Dirk, that in my consultation, when I share the difference, it definitely separates me in their mind's eye from everyone else they're comparing. And I have one that actually you had to redo for me because the glue on the end was too thin. So you could actually see the photograph and the canvassing. And it actually has worked well (laughs) because I can show them you know I'll say this was this was a redo but here you can see here's the photo here's the canvas this is not something that that you can get on your own or that most photographers offer and something also that when I was searching for a new lab when my local lab photo closed there are lots of labs who do the canvassing process, but many of them are no longer stripping. Right. And so when you're looking for someone, if, if you know, Mid-South is not your dream date, but you're looking for this product, you want to ask them, do you strip the backing off? Because the ones that don't, which I have used and seen, the stripes of the canvas are much more prominent and even and so it doesn't have that same rich quality over the faces i think sometimes it it makes it look like their skin is a little uneven so there are a few labs in the country still that are doing the stripped canvas so you want to ask about that yes you do and uh, I, if they don't if they can still do photographic canvas a lot of them but they don't strip it, and they use a, a different technique. I'm not saying whether it's you know better or worse. I I think 
I think our hand strip looks better, but put them basically instead of a heat vacuum thing, they basically use a big hydraulic press and just press it into there by, by sheer force. And it can look a little stamped. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen one like that? Yeah, little, that's what I was referencing to. Is yeah. it a little artificial, it, not as not as natural and, and you don't get the little nubby qualities, the little bit of unevenness yeah. that you get. So yeah, so we're big fans of that and and <laughs> So we're preaching to the choir between you and I, but I hope, darling listeners, that uh, this is making sense. And that yeah. you'll Well, I would encourage to really understand that process is for people to visit our website, midsouthcolor.com. And under portrait services, there's a section called, it's just called strip canvas prints. And there's a video on there and it takes you through. Have you ever watched that, Lucy? I think so. That's cool. And it'll take you through showing, showing it being stripped, showing it being mounted, being mounted to the stretcher frame, all the steps that, that are involved, the glue sprayed on, all that. And it's a process that there's a lot of hands-on work, a lot of craftsmanship that goes into it. So it's really, really pretty cool. And we have that video on there, and it's, it's not branded in any way. You click on oh. it, it opens up into our YouTube channel. So, but you can save that. You could, and we have customers that have saved that video, like to their desktop or whatever, so they don't have to go through YouTube and see it's Mid South Color Labs. They they save it on their desktop, and that's you know part of some people's sales process. But even in, if you don't do that, I would encourage people to watch that because it's it's pretty unique how much you know how much craftsmanship there is in creating that. And as high-end photographers to have handcrafted prints can be a really great selling point and we can charge more for it. That's right. Always good. So we are almost out of time. So how do we get in touch with you? You can call the lab and just ask for me. As as you probably know, Lucy, we don't have voice menus or anything like their phone menus or anything like that. You can just ask for Dirk. I'll be glad to talk with that. Or you could email me. It's Dirk, D-I-R-K dot MidSouth at gmail.com. And I'll send you a whole packet of information. There's our website, MidSouthColor.com. There's become a customer form on there. So there's there's lots of ways to get a hold of me. But uh, I would I would encourage people to take a, take a look at what they're selling. And if they're not selling large wall portraits, you're not making as much money as you can. Right. And was there something that you wanted to share? Is there an offer? Yes. Yes. New customers just mentioned you heard about us on Lucy's podcast and we'll give you 25% off the first order. You can stack it up if you want to sell, you know, send five or six in there or whatever you want to do. And, and we'll, we'll discount it the whole thing 25% off. Wow. That's very generous. And what a deal. (laughs) So I am so happy that you have agreed to have this conversation. I think a lot of people don't realize that if I don't have great equipment, a telephone, and an awesome lab, I'm really out of business. So you know that the bottom of my heart, I'm so grateful for that excellent service. And I encourage people to develop a deep relationship with their lab because they can help you in ways you can't 
even know until you you ask. So that's it for now. And tune in next week for the latest episode. <laughs> and again, I'm so grateful when you share and enroll, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. So until next time, bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.